Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. This is John Katsimatidis. One great show for you today. I mean, this today was a beautiful day. Cold, but beautiful. In the studio, we have Judge Richard Weinberg, Tony Carbonetti, that's Rudy Giuliani's old chief of staff and uh, Governor uh, Governor David Patterson. Thank you all for being here today. And opening and day, John. Opening, I was there. Awesome. I was opening game in the, in Yankee Stadium. It was a beautiful, beautiful day, and they won. And it was a little bit cold. And uh, in the first inning, we took the lead. Judge hit a home run. I guess we got the Yankees got their money's worth. Yeah, and, wow. uh, against the Giants, right? Uh, yes, against the Giants and um, the team we, that was bidding for him. We that's won, right. We won five right. zero. And the other thing last night, I, I worked till like nine thirty. I didn't get home to ten o'clock last night. Uh, we had uh, Andrew Cuomo. We I interviewed him. And uh, by the way, this Janice Dean, is she losing it? She's a friend of yours, Rita. I've is known. Is she losing it a little oh, bit? Oh, you know what? It's just I an mean, emotional she, she puts issue out for a, her. Wait a minute. She puts out a tweet that I was taking phone calls only from special people. You didn't take any calls. Me and I, we took no calls last night. Janice Dean, are you that's losing how, it? That's how special you had to be. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, in our, in our insure her imagination, we were taking calls. Yeah, but, and, uh, and listen, she I had the loss. That, uh, even Rudy. Hit on Andrew Cuomo today. Look, what did he say? I, I was being, I, I, I was being Walter Cronkite and questioning uh, the witness. Well, and you, by the way, I heard some of it, and he talked about the nursing homes and a lot of issues. Janice lost both her parents-in-law, so it's obviously very emotional, no, and very personal to her. Yeah, yeah her parents-in-law, her parents-in-law. Now, that's what, what I was saying. Did, by the way, we, uh, we every subject we talked about, almost every subject, four different subjects. We put out a mini tweet. And we sent it out on the internet. We sent it out on my Twitter. I sent it out on the WABC Twitter. So if anybody wants to know on where Andrew Cuomo stands, go to that mini cast and get it. Don't listen to crap on the internet and let, you know, listen to the man himself. You want to believe it? You believe it. You don't want to believe it? Join the Genesis. And by the way, what we love about you, John, is you let everybody speak. That's that's, that's who look, you are, and that's what WABC. I don't is. try to make up anybody's mind. I let everybody speak. Everybody's entitled to a speech. What say you, Governor? I was uh, talking with Premier Putin today. He said you haven't had him on the show. He wants to find out if you <laughs> really let everybody speak. I my friend in New Jersey that uh, reports to the KGB, and I said, well, can you talk to Mr. Putin? I'd like to have him on. Well, speaking of... <laughs> would, that, would, studio, that any, right? would that get any criticism L- on that? Live in studio. You know what? I want to grill him. Believe me. Bring him on. Bring him on. We That one we want on. Um, by the way, we have some huge breaking news, speaking of which. Breaking news. WABC. And, of course, the big news today, John, you hit it on the head when you talked about Putin. This really changes the dynamics in the war, of course, Russia against Ukraine. And now an American journalist has been arrested in Russia. It is the first time an American journalist has been detained on accusations by Russia of spying since the Cold War. Before we go to our guest, Judge, you have some big scoop on this one. Well, I, I had lunch with one of my friends from the United Nations who tells me that the reason this journalist was picked up is because last week, a journalist, this journalist was picked up for a trade. 
because in Venezuela, a Russian agent was picked up at the behest of the United States. Is that what you call tit for tat? That sure. By the way, that's big news. Who's no tit, one's reporting tat? that. We've established the ground rules. We, we, tit they, for tat. they know what the going rate is for a WNBA player. Now we're going to find except, the going rate for a, a Wall Street bad, Journal. We made some bad deals with Iran. We traded one person for it's like a terrible deal. deal. Yeah. And in that case, by the way, the Brittany Griner was for the merchant of death, like the biggest arms dealer. But that's a big scoop. Let's bring in now, if we could, Victoria Coates. She is the former deputy national security advisor under then President Trump at the time. Uh, Victoria, we're so happy to have you here on Katz and Cosby. Did you just hear the big news that the judge had um, that he got from a source that Americans picked up somebody, you know, in Venezuela and now suddenly an American here is taken in Russia. What do you make of that? Well, Rita, John, everybody around the round table, great to be with you. First things first, I'm dialing in from Philadelphia, and I can report the Phillies are up on the Rangers for nothing. So, <laughs> oh, it's opening day everywhere. Very that's good that's on the scene. Yeah, you know what? Maybe we can continue with you on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to let everyone talk, John. You know, this this Janice Dean character, I've never met her. I mean, she's throwing all kinds of stuff on the Internet. And it, it, it's I crazy. Know, I, I hope she's not losing it. Well, to to the judge's point, though, I assume you're talking about uh, Sergei Vladimirovich, uh, the one that was scooped up and the Justice Department put out a report on him. Is that the same person, Judge? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. And the difference there is, we put out a report from the Justice Department on the 24th of March detailing what this person had done and saying that they were had been detained. We can't get to uh, Gershkovich. We, we, we can't even provide him with consular access. And they're saying they're going to lock him up for some number of years on these spacious charges. Victoria, so, I get uh, this is David Patterson. I get the, uh, the feeling that the charges come after the person's picked up. That, in other right. words, I created mean, at that point. After imprisonment. Good. Yeah. Right. Hey, isn't that so what some of our DAs are trying to do? <laughs> well, I, I, although, that's true. They kind of keep them for years upon years. Or they let them walk. That, it, it's the opposite. search of a crime. <laughs> exactly. You're kind of putting the cart before the horse. But I think Rita was also 100% correct. I mean, Putin now knows what what the cost is of these of these hostages and for him hostage taking as it is for the Iranians is a legitimate tool of statecraft this is what they do and when you reward them for scooping up somebody like Brittany Griner with Victor Book as Rita said the merchant of death and he's now rampaging around doing heaven knows what to supply Putin's war machine why wouldn't he try to take out another American yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tony Carbonetti, a former chief of staff to Rudy Giuliani. You got a question for Victoria Coates? Yeah, Victoria, what, what are the travel restrictions now in Russia? I mean, do we only have journalists and quasi-military? What do we have there? Well, there's very little. I mean, I think the, I mean, the, my understanding is the embassy in Moscow is down to a skeleton staff. Uh, and then you have journalists, and that was what was disappointing about the White House press secretary's statement. Not that, that should be a big surprise. Amazingly, there was a fairly strong statement out of the State Department. But uh, Jean Pierre put out this statement about how she was concerned about troubling reports about the detention, but then scolding Americans not to go to Russia. And 
I mean, what Evan was doing was trying to get the truth out of Russia about what is going on. And his reporting in the Wall Street Journal recently was about the toll that is being taken on the Russian economy by this war. And the only way we are going to change Putin's calculus is if he, his, his own people and people around the world start realizing he's not 100 feet high. This is not a success. They are suffering for this. And that was the Lord's work that Evan was doing. You know, you know, Victoria, I was astounded. I was watching the press briefing today with the White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre. She was so weak and it wasn't like, how dare they do this? It was like, well, it's not appropriate. And then it was asked, don't you think these are trumped up charges? It's against an American journalist. And her answer was, well, we're looking into it. I thought, they just gave a green light. It was so terrible. Tony Carbonetti. They're, they're not quick to slap his hand. It's and, one thing when your adversary has a presumption about you and picks you up. It's another thing when you have a presumption of guilt rather than innocence about your own citizen. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Oh. What do you think, Victoria, to uh, to the governor's point? A hundred percent. And I would just also add we had two weeks ago the incident with the Russian jet downing the American drone over the Black Sea. And the response to that, we learned from Secretary Austin uh, under his questioning from Senator Cotton, I believe yesterday or day before, that we had changed our flight patterns to accommodate the Russians after they cost us however many millions of dollars for that drone and the reckless behavior of their pilot. So, I mean, so I our responses will stay out of your way. Measure. Uh- yep. So what should he say? What should President Biden say? And don't you think he needs to come out? I mean, we were just talking. This is huge news. It's the first time an American journalist has been detained. And they said on these charges, he could get 20 years. What comes next? I mean, we've sanctioned a number of people. Victoria, you've been in the White House. What comes after the economic sanctions? What comes after the political sanctions? What do we do next? Well, I mean, we have to make a decision whether we are serious about the situation with Russia or whether we're going to come to some kind of appeasement or accommodation. And, I mean, we should have been taking these very serious economic moves a year ago. If you remember, excuse me, in late March, in the early weeks of the war, there was a very strong, early, concerted sanctions program between the United States and the European Union that really started to bite. Mm -hmm. And then it became clear this was going to completely hobble uh, Russian energy exports. And the Biden folk got cold feet because they were worried about price spikes here at home. But how how are you going to have control if we're doing that? And by the way, in this particular case with this Wall Street Journal reporter, this American, he was taken, he was in the mountain areas. He was doing, it sounds like genuine reporting. The Wall Street Journal says he was just doing basic reporting and, uh, and they have stood by him. Maybe, and this maybe is serious he was looking stuff. for 007 in the woods. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Wait, by the way, they'll trump up any kind of charge. <laughs> and Victoria. No, 100%. Go ahead. It's, uh, it's Richard Weinberg again. And also very troubling when you're talking about sanctions and the failure of the sanction regime. It turns out that a number of uh, business folks who had dealings with the Bidens allegedly have not uh, been sanctioned. And is that a coincidence? And do you believe in coincidences? Exactly. No, it's not. Because it, I mean, if it happens once, it might be a coincidence, but we have it here in Russia, we have it in China, we have it in Ukraine. I mean, this is just a pattern of of dealings with questionable people from the the Biden family machine. So I think we have to double down on, you know, who is getting special treatment in Russia, what their relationship is 
with with all of the Bidens. People like to talk about Hunter. I understand. But but that's the tip of the iceberg, literally, uh, of this group and figure out why we are not taking the steps we need to take to end this war. Because I mean, if this drags on another year, I mean, the cost in in money and human misery is just uncalculable. And you know, we have the tools. The, the to money, the money is Mickey Mouse money. You know, it is what it is. But the amount of Russians, the amount of Ukrainians losing their their lives uh, is horrible, both of them, because there's innocent people losing their lives. By the way, I was just with two Ukrainian soldiers last night. Um, I was at a charity event, and one of them was in Donetsk. One of them was in that steel factory, and you should see just the mm-hmm. stories of what they're going through. Just to John's point of just the human toll is unbelievable. Yeah. Victoria, thank you. You are terrific. We're so glad to have you here on this big breaking news. Victoria Coates, former Deputy National Security Advisor, you're terrific. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you. And coming up, we're going to get a military perspective on this big news. We have General Keith Kellogg coming up and also Gordon Chang on some big, big news on China. Stay with us, everybody. You're listening to Cats and Cosby. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. We're back. And, uh, well, I mean, I think we learned a lot about Tick, uh, tick for tat? Yeah, tit for tat. Boy, uh, uh, and, high uh, stakes. And uh, what international games are being played? Big time. Big and time. scary stuff with an American now whose life is on the line in Russia. And John, uh, joining us now to continuing on Cats and Cosby, we have General Keith Kellogg, uh, former National Security Advisor under then Vice President Pence, also worked with President Trump, of course. Uh, General Kellogg, we are thrilled to have you here. Uh, what do you make of this big news of now a Wall Street Journal reporter who's been arrested on spying charges? Uh, Wall Street Journal says he was just doing his job. And as John was just aptly saying, it looks like a tit for tat. Where does this go? Yeah, Riddle, first of all, thanks for having me today. I'm good to be with you all. Well, when you look at the reporter, you're talking about somebody who's been an experienced reporter. He wasn't a rookie, you know. You know, Evan Gershkovich has, has been around the Wall Street Journal for a while. Before that, it was Asian Press. And so he's, he knows what he's doing. He also speaks fluent Russian. He actually came from Russia. And, I did, and when you look at him, so he's, so he's an experienced guy. He knows his way around. He knows how to get around the country. Uh, he's obviously fluent in the language. Uh, and I think what you're looking at is you're looking at the Russians just kind of poking us right in the eye. And, and I think it's a big mistake now, with, especially what's happening with Ukraine and with Russia and with China. And we see what's even happening in Iran. I've gone well beyond tit for tat. You have to make a statement, a very bold statement. And I used to call it, when I was with President Trump, I used to call it super escalation. You have to go well beyond on the ladder of escalation what they think you're going to do. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they, <laughs> I hate to put it this way. Sometimes your, your, your opponent has to think you're a little bit crazy. And, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt. So, I think what they're going to have to do, instead of just sitting around and waiting, and that's what's going to happen. With this administration, they'll put under the marsh. They'll say, oh, this is really bad. The guys in this guys shouldn't do that. Uh, they're really bad on you, and we, and we don't like you, Vladimir Putin. Instead of taking some type of concrete action that is that corresponds asymmetrically to what they're doing. In other words, when I say asymmetrically, you don't necessarily – arrest a, uh, you know, a, a reporter from the Soviet Union or something like that. You go well beyond that. You look asymmetrically. What can you do diplomatically? Like, what can you shut down or who can you throw out of the country? General, uh, it's Tony Carbonate. It's like killing Soleimani, right? 
Make yeah. the ne- take that well, step. He, he, yeah, that's exactly right. And when we, when we did it with with Soleimani, we did that in mind. And here's here's the Iranian the uh, leader of the Iranian National Guard right. and everything. Yep. Right, it cuts for us. And here's what was above. interesting. I tell people, okay, what, after we got Soleimani, we told the Supreme Leader, we told the, the Iranians, if you kill an American, then you've really got a problem. So watch what you do next. And people forget what happened four days after Soleimani was killed. What happens is the Iranians shot down a Ukrainian passenger airliner coming out of Tehran International Airport. And through intercepts, we realized they thought it was us coming after the Supreme Leader. That's what you do. You create a problem for them that is well beyond what they expected. And that's what I mean is, you know, you, you can throw a lot of, you know, probably the, half the, the embassy or spies, throw people out or raise the stakes in Ukraine. Just do something asymmetrically that lets them know you're not going to push us around like this and, and release the guy. So what uh, would you do, General Kellogg? What would you what do you think Biden should do? And how do you think Trump would have handled it? Well, I think what Trump well, well, first of all, it, it wouldn't have happened under Trump. Okay, I guarantee you that because we wouldn't have been in the Ukraine. Uh, we would have been handling it differently. He had a he had a uh, an honest relationship with Putin. I, I was on eighteen different phone calls with him when they were talking, and Putin really respected Trump and understood that he couldn't push him to a certain point. And because you know when when, when something happened here with when they had that incident that happened in the UK with Skripal then you know, we threw out more, we threw out more Russian agents than any other country did. And so he would have taken it pretty hard, pushed pushed it pretty hard. But if we, if let's take it of somebody else beyond besides Putin, what we would have done is we would have taken a strong asymmetric action, either militarily, economically, or diplomatically, something well beyond the pale, you know, for example, close your embassy, get out of the country. Yes. Something with Russian, but something, something that is really, goes well beyond the pale that you would expect to have happen. Then, of course, everybody runs around with their hair on fire, and you basically say, don't worry, I know what we're doing. I said, that's what I said a little bit earlier about acting crazy. But that's what you have to do with the Russians. You have to figure out what you're going to do differently that will make them react to it by saying, okay, this was a dumb idea, don't do it again. And we got the gov. Uh, who has a question for you, former Governor Patterson? Well, General, that's exactly what I wanted to tell you. Ed Cox, the uh, former son-in-law to... President Nixon, and who's a, a member of our panel, he's not here tonight, but I've had this conversation with him. Former President Nixon wrote in his books that he deliberately did things to make his adversaries think that he was out of his mind, that he didn't know what he was going to do next, and that it was very effective. Oh, it's absolutely. I mean, when, in four years in the White House, we did it, you know, I, we did it a lot of times. And <laughs> there were times I used to sit there, you know, looking at the president going, oh, my God. OK, here we go. But he, but, <laughs> but he would do. Th- but but, you know, and I've actually had heard the director of the CIA, you know, Gina Haspel one time say, oh, boy, buckle up. Said, oh, that's not a good sign. Uh, but that but that's what the way we played it. And I think we gained a lot of respect and people at, by the end of it realized that this guy wasn't going to fool around. You know, we didn't start any wars. But President Trump was to use a hockey term. He was unafraid to drop gloves and fight. He said, if it comes to it, we're going to go into a fight. And we all understood that. And and he wasn't afraid to push the envelope. What I found was that he was the exception rather than the rule. There were a lot of people, and it's going to happen here, I'm sure, with President Biden as well. There's a lot of people don't want to push that to that level because they're all afraid of the consequence. They, my comment is they wring their hands in a negative manner. For example, when we moved the embassy in Israel from uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, everybody said, oh, yep. boy, this is going to cause a third intifada. 
and nothing happened. Zero. Right. You got to have courage. You got to have courage. General Kellogg, we love you. We really appreciate your important perspective on such a big breaking topic. Um, you got to come back on on soon. We, we just love having you here on the show. Thanks for having me. Good to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. General Keith Kellogg. Now, uh, some new news here. Yeah, come on. Just got some, uh, theoretical breaking news. Let's see where it came from. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office already appearing to be overwhelmed with the alleged hush money payments to Stormy Daniels is reportedly investigating a, in search of a crime. A $150,000 payment to Playboy model Karen McDougal, who claimed to have an affair with Trump. Trump has denied having an affair with both women so far. And no comment from the DA's office. And you know how I read that, you guys, is that is why I thought that was the case, because that's why they brought in David Pecker, because David Pecker, who was with the National Enquirer, was the sort of rebuttal witness on Monday before the Bragg grand jury. And he was involved in the sort of killing the story. This This is from our great newsman, Bob Brown, who brought this in. Um, And there are a couple networks that are reporting it. My only comment is. Does this make any of us feel safer in the streets of New York and the I think, I think Tony Carbonetti is the one that was guilty. Yeah, I do too. I think he's always <laughs> I'm guilty. I'm not right? any Playboy models. <laughs> not today. But Pecker allegedly what a bought the what story. A <laughs> you have Congressman Weiner working here. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, what's larger, a pecker or a wiener? You can both of them in and find out. <laughs> no comment. No comment from the woman in the room. Go ahead. But, but uh, allegedly he bought her story and shelved it or something? That was... Yes, it was sort of a kill story thing so where he... if the other story payment. dies... They have another one. He, he goes to ancient history in the in the sub basement. Takes this one out. Yeah, and see when but now, Paul, uh, maybe uh, when he was twelve, there's something else there's, out there. There's no account of what year this is. I mean, this could have been 1995 that this happened. Well, and, they have a whole library of Playboy magazines, and they go, "Bring me in September of 2016." <laughs> you know, they just get to interview them. I think. Yeah, uh, obviously a lot. And by the way, now we're going to move on, you guys. We've got Gordon Chang who's joining us here on Cats and Cosby. I'm not going to ask you about Playboy models. I promise, Gordon. Uh, but I will ask you about China because there's some big headlines coming out here. Basically, that China is marching towards. Basically, the goal of replacing the U.S. as the world's leading superpower and some big stuff. And, uh, they're that's getting happening. Ready, and, the, and the, a Gatestone article, Gordon, that they're getting ready for war. What say yeah. you? Yeah, yes, they certainly are. And we know that because Xi Jinping appointed a war council or war cabinet in October. He's been engaged in the fastest military buildup since the Second World War. He's mobilizing China's civilians for war. And he talks about war all the time. You know, we don't know what's in his mind, of course, only he does, but we can see what he's doing, and he's getting ready to go into battle, and we are oblivious. We are not making preparations for this. Matter of fact, our Air Force and our Navy are actually taking planes and ships out of service. This is insane. You know, there's some new stuff also, like in Central America, like Honduras, Brazil. Talk about everything that's been going down um, with these new alliances with China at our expense. Yeah, Brazil and China announced that they're going to be trading with each other in their own currencies, the Brazilian real and the Chinese renminbi. That means de-dollarization. Um, the United States derives a lot of its power from having the dollar as the world. Right, I'm getting a breaking news right now that Donald Trump was just indicted. I don't know where it's coming from, but uh, 
Uh, Bob Brown, can you look into that? And, uh, wow, that is big news. If indeed that is if, the case. If wow, indeed John. It's true. Wow, that is big news. Let's see if we can find that out. Uh, John saying that he's getting information that potentially Donald Trump may have been indicted. Uh, we are looking actually right now. It looks like some big news is coming. Um, actually, so the New, the New actually, York Times is reporting. And, uh, John, we're also seeing votes yep. to indict Donald Trump in New York. Live update. Wow, here it is. And also CNN is just reporting this, guys. New York grand jury has voted to indict Donald Trump. Uh, wow. That is big, enormous news. Again, New York Times, John is reporting, CNN reporting. This, of course, guys, this comes after, remember, we were hearing there was a break potentially in the grand jury for a month. Uh, Judge, what's your reaction to this? Because the last thing, it sounded like it was falling apart. Information. Yeah, we're just reporting what they're saying. For the first, uh, for last week's uh, thing or this week's? Yeah, or Karen McDougal, who knows what? Maybe something that's October 2016 Playboy model. Who Just knows? Pull out edition. Uh, who Meanwhile, knows? let's go back to Gordon. The exactly. world is collapsing around us. They're wasting all the time and focus on this. Uh, who got laid? Gordon no, is, mean, it, really. is in Taiwan. Does she think he has a certain amount of time, maybe 18 months, to go into Taiwan before there's a new president? Is that what he's thinking? That is certainly something he could be thinking. Um, you know, he sees the Biden administration is just not able to confront China. It seems to be at a loss everywhere. You have all of these developments, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Brazil, Honduras, and of course, Russia and Ukraine. And the Biden administration is nowhere to be seen. And and that means that Xi Jinping must be looking at this as a window of opportunity. Right. He's hoping that Biden says it's a minor incursion, the way he said when uh, Putin first went into the Ukraine. And uh, before there's a Republican president, he can get, get what he wants. Yes. Um, and that minor incursion comment, um, people thought it was consequential at the time. We didn't know how consequential yep. it was. We had the catastrophic failure in Afghanistan, leads to the war in Ukraine, leads to God knows what. All right. Well, thank you very much, Gordon Chang. Again, everybody, if you're just joining us, news organizations are reporting now that the Manhattan Grand Jury has voted to indict President Trump, uh, or at least some are saying they are voting or have voted. We're going to get an attorney after the break and sort it all out. Fox, Fox News saying it has happened. Big news. Big news, everybody. We're going to now go to Lou Dobbs and talk about it after the break. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Breaking news, WABC. And welcome back to Cats and Cosby. Huge breaking news. Multiple reports now that the New York grand jury, the Bragg grand jury, has voted to indict former President Trump, making him the first former president in American history to be indicted of a crime. And joining us, you guys, right now is Doug Burns, former federal prosecutor. Doug, uh, what do you make of this big news? It sounded like the grand jury was sort of falling apart. And now today, this big news. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, uh, it is huge news. I'm very, very surprised. Um, I did not think this was going to happen, as I told you guys. Um, you know, now we go into notions of, you know, I've got to see the document. I've got to see the indictment. Um, did they pivot? Cause it was interesting. I heard 
Mayor Giuliani on your show, and I thought it was very insightful what he was saying. Did they pivot into Karen McDougal and away from Stormy Daniels to obviate the need to use Michael Cohen? That's an interesting notion that the mayor raised. Um, so, again, with me having just learned about this literally, you know, within the last 10 minutes. And by the way, I'm not really seeing it that prominently displayed on the sites yet. I think it's going to take a couple of minutes for everything to yeah, catch up. Yeah, all the up. networks are now reporting yeah, it. It just okay. came out just literally in the last few minutes. You're you're learning about yeah. it as the rest of the world is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the point is, um, you know, my standard position is I must study the document closely uh, and then I can tell you. Doug, it's Judge Richard Warren. That's absolutely correct. Until it's presented to the judge for unsealing, we really don't know. It's all idle speculation. Well, you need to look Doug, at the hard what, document. What we do uh, know, let me ask though, a question, guys. How can the DA two days ago say we're going to pivot for two months or two weeks or a month and then get an, an indictment on Thursday? Well, I thought that it was going to go in. Sorry to jump in, guys, but real quick. I thought that they were saying they were taking a hiatus. They weren't going to hear the case till April 5th. So I'm as shocked as everybody, guys. Right. And the grand jury was not even supposed to be meeting on that subject this week. So you get to Thursday night. It's a good way to clear the field when you're about to do something. And then dramatically, you you come up with this. It's a head fake. It's a good it's a good psychological but, but I think the only thing we're really certain of now is that the subways are safe and you can just walk down the streets without getting mugged anymore. Well, that was my point with Gordon Chang. Don't you feel, don't you feel safer now? 100%. Walking in the street, taking That's the subway. It's, it's, because it's, of it's this. a very surprising case, guys. I've said it all along. I'll repeat it now. Um, the case, as we understand it, is incredibly weak. Massive statute of limitations issue that I know Ed Cox has uh Positive to other guests, and he's so right. So uh, my prediction is the case is really going to backfire on him. Yeah, and you know what's amazing? You, um, we were just talking about Doug Burns, everybody, former federal prosecutor, with this huge news uh, that the Manhattan Grand Jury has voted to indict President Trump. Um, this just developed where this Karen McDougal, there were like two cases going on, both of them around 2016. And I thought they were going down the Karen McDougal route, by the way, when I saw that David Pecker who was yep. the head of, you know, uh, American media, which is National Enquirer, was called in yep. as sort of the rebuttal witness to Bob Costello, who it sounds like threw the grand jury for a loop. But he was involved in, it's called the kill story thing, where basically um, there was tons of money that was sort of saying, okay, Karen McDougal, we're going to give you X amount of money, and then there's going to be a story in the National Enquirer, and then the story never appeared in the National Enquirer. So they're looking at that like maybe some sort of potential payoff, and there was a potential that that happened with Stormy Daniels, too. So that's why I thought they were bringing Pecker in. But we don't know, again, if they indicted on Stormy Daniels, if they indicted related to Karen McDougal. But, boy, what a turnaround, Judge Weinberg, I mean, from where it was 24 hours ago. All the, all the smart lawyers I know and, and judges I know were shaking their heads about this investigation, this prosecution from, uh, from the very beginning. I think Alvin Bragg was, was right to not proceed Initially, there was a book written by people who shouldn't have written the book, embarrassed him, pushed him into the corner. He reconvened the grand jury on this, presented. If indictment comes out of this, indictment is very suspect on the facts and on the law. They're very good legal arguments. Say you, Doug. And I want to, yeah, I want to follow up the judge's point because I felt and feel very strongly about that book. Um, I did read it, and I'm glad I did. I think it's a disgrace for a prosecutor to write a book while an investigation is ongoing. And to the judge's point, 
Um, what a tragedy legally if that book is what pushed Bragg off his prior conclusion that the case was not worthy of going forward with. And, Doug, they, some these incidents, these allegations go back seven years. That's a long time to be trying to uh, build a case in a situation well, like key, this. That's the key point, of course. And you guys have covered it brilliantly. You've had many guests saying that, you know, on a misdemeanor, I think John had pointed that out, a misdemeanor, a two-year statute of limitations. Okay, if you elevate it to a felony, which is very, very specious, the theory, and again, we've all been over this, you know, you can't prosecute, there's no jurisdiction to prosecute a federal crime in a state court. That's five years, and the events are more than five years ago. That's the point. You know, and also, by the way, if the name wasn't Trump, and Doug, you've been just giving us great analysis here on Cats and Cosby. You. Uh, you've been that. spot on, my friend. Um, and if the name wasn't Trump, do you think we'd ever even be hearing about a case? This is outrageous. No. They went well, after John we... Edwards, and they couldn't prosecute him when they and had a was, donor. And it was campaign, and it was campaign, campaign money. money. That's the, the, exactly this right. This allegedly was Trump's personal right. money. John Edwards. You're talking about the John That's Edwards right. that case. That was yes. campaign money. This is allegedly Trump personal. Tony Carbonari is exactly right. Totally distinguishable, and that was a much stronger case. Yeah, what do you make? This is crazy. And what does this say about uh, American justice? I mean, this 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 just changes Andrew everything. Andrew calls it two-tiered justice, and he's absolutely right. No, he couldn't be more spot on. <clears throat> you know, if Donald Trump, you go to quick law school hypotheticals, if he had announced last Tuesday, just hypothetically, that's it, I'm retiring, I'm not running for office, he'd never be <laughs> indicted in a million years, and that's all you need to know, honestly, guys. All right. Well, uh, Doug Burns, we thank you very, very much. We appreciate it. And Doug, if please you hear anything else before the end of the show, we're on till six o'clock. Uh, text Reader back or text me back. We'll do, John. Thanks for having thank me on, you. guys. Thank you. We love you. And by the way, joining us now is Florida Congresswoman Kat Cameron. By the way, I just got a. Uh, oh, wait, text, hold on uh, a second, Congresswoman. I just yep. got a text from yep. one of uh, uh, President Trump's uh, assistants. Uh, he's going to go up in the polls. Uh, they just divided the country even more. Oh, wow. And I just talked to someone very close to President Trump who is speaking with him now uh, and talking about the case. So this is very interesting. Uh, they're scrambling, trying to figure it out. By the way, new poll, John, that just came out. He was up a couple hours. Points. He was up a huge. Uh, his margin over DeSantis has increased exponentially. You can imagine after this. Uh, joining us Listen, now. Uh, what uh, the president needs to do is to send the D.A. a thank you card. <laughs> From Democratic governor, former Governor David Patterson. <laughs> joining us now is Florida Congresswoman Republican Kat Kamek. Uh, Congresswoman, your reaction to this huge news. Thank you for joining me. This is Rita Cosby uh, with John Katsimatidis and the gang. Well, hey, good to hear y'all's voices. I, uh, I actually am here at the Capitol and just all the news myself so it's all it's breaking for all of us but you want to talk about an unprecedented moment that we are experiencing right now and the wide-ranging implications that this will have for the future this is historic and i believe exactly what you said i think his poll numbers are going to go up i think this is going to drive even further divisions amongst americans but i mean this was a political witch hunt from the start they can't even articulate the charges that they are facing and so now they're saying that they're going to indict the former president and they haven't even released the full list of charges of the findings. It's unbelievable. I can't wait until they go after Bill Clinton for Paula Jones and the $850,000 that was given in hush money to her, assuming that all this is actually true. So it's only 40 years on that one. Statutes, limitations obviously don't mean anything anymore. Yeah. Throw them out the window. 
Exactly. Exactly. I mean, <clears throat> if 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 uh, last name was Clinton, we wouldn't even be talking about this. You know, what's your reaction uh, to just, uh, you know, as we're all saying, here it is. It sounded like the grand jury uh, was breaking. That was sort of the message for like a month that the case was falling apart. And mm-hmm. here we are with this coming out. Uh, what do you make of this sort of roller coaster and the fact that we're there's some reports out there saying it looks like it's the Stormy Daniels money. We don't know if the Karen McDougal money, but based on everything we've heard, that they are going after a former president of the United States. I find this I find this unconscionable. I think it's outrageous. Absolutely. And, and again, I mean, he's a he's a declared candidate for office. So the leading candidate, not just any candidate, the leading candidate on the GOP side. This is exactly. Congresswoman, at, at time, Judge, Judge Richard Weber. This is an interference with the presidential election. Hold on, I, 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 mean, I actually have breaking news. Nobody cares. This is a charge that nobody cares yeah, they're about. Wrong, they're okay. wrong about Trump being up 30 points. It's probably closer to 40 by now. Yeah, don't you think it's going to skyrocket, Congresswoman? What? Absolutely, absolutely, because people see exactly what this is. This is yes. a George Soros-funded DA who has nothing better to do. And maybe look a little bit more on the criminals that are dominating the streets of New York, and you have crime, violent crime, going through the roof. Maybe he would have a shred of credibility. But no, he is investing all of his time and effort into one person and one person only, and that's Donald Trump. And it's because he does not want him to be president of the United States. This is a political witch hunt. That's all it is, nothing more. And Governor Patterson, you got a question. I just think it reminds me of what happened with Bill Clinton in 1998, where they overinvested in trying to bring him down and almost lost the House trying to do that. And I think it's the same thing here. And as a matter of fact, I don't even think there'll be the kind of protest that people fear because it's it's it would be almost impossible to convict him of these charges. At the end of the day, nobody cared about Clinton's personal life. That's yeah, what the right. that's what the people. But it's said. all about exactly. politics, just like you said, both of you. It's all about politics. But to drag the country through it at a time where he is the leading candidate and skyrocketing, as John was saying in the latest polls, uh, it's it, what does this do to the judicial process in America? What is, I mean, come well, on. It, it, well, and that's, that's the whole thing. This has wide ranging implications. Well, that's you know? exactly I mean, right. Either a nation of laws that are that is fair and equal to all, or we're not. And we're seeing this fall apart right now in front of us. And, Congressman, as you understand, the border is coming apart. It's a sieve. Millions of people are flowing through. The illegal immigrants, the destabilizing our country, the cartels in control of the southern border. Fentanyl is pouring in, killing people by over 100,000 in the last year, 100,000 deaths because of it. Nothing's going on. Human trafficking. China is gobbling up pieces of the, of the map all around the world. The Monroe Doctrine is, is breached. We look weaker and weaker. The leadership out of Washington is horrific. And this is what we're dividing our country on. I mean, how ridiculous is that, Congresswoman? Oh, you hit the, that exactly right on the head. This is a distraction. This is the shiny object that will dominate headlines. Meanwhile, Biden and company will be con- allowed to continue to have an open border policy. We are mil- millions of illegals that pour over 300 plus people a day being poisoned by fentanyl, crime raging across the United States. They know that that is a problem going into the next election. So they need a distraction. This is it. That is why you have a George Soros funded DA doing what he's doing instead of fighting crime. 
Yeah. It's a losing issue for him. How do you think uh, President Trump is going to use this? Because we saw at his rally in Waco. I mean, he went right to brag. He went right to this witch hunt, as yeah. he describes it. Um, I, I agree with all of you. I think he's going to skyrocket in the polls. He's already doing terrific. I just saw a new poll right before, and he was, again, leaps and bounds over DeSantis. Think about this is like, you know, he's just going to walk right in and say, how dare this? I mean, you could just see how he's going to use this, Tony Carbonetti. Yeah, they're feeding into him. Uh, this is not a real crime. It's per- whatever it is, it's personal. And it didn't involve any federal money, didn't involve campaign money. If he did whatever he wanted to do with his own money, nobody cares. Right, but sadly, they're going to consume now the the headlines. They're going to consume. Think about taxpayer dollars. I mean, that's the other thing. Uh, you know, you know, uh, Congresswoman Bragg has been asked to go to Congress. Remember, there's been members of the GOP mm-hmm. who are saying, show up here. We want to know if you're going to go forward with this investigation. What kind of resources are you using? Yeah, what kind of money are you using? Taxpayer dollars. So I want to hear your thoughts on that, Congresswoman. Now, do you think, especially after they've just indicted the former president of the United States, do you think there's even more reason? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about the amount of money that the federal government allocates to these jurisdictions, you know, through various grant programs that the the DA uses um, those resources for. So there's absolutely that nexus where we have a right to know, particularly when it's being used against the the originally intended purposes of those funds. So I think that there is there's that nexus. But to your point earlier about, you know, how do you think he reacts? I think he leans in. That's always been his MO. That's always what made him such a great fighter was that instead of running away from the tough questions, he leans into them. And that was what really attracted people in all the debates in 2016. And so this now, this is going to prove once again that he is a fighter. All and right. He's not going to run away from it. He's going to lean right into it, and that's going to draw people even more Pat, so into thank the you. campaign. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, we got terrific. Rudy uh, Giuliani calling in, so we're going to take him right now, and we'll talk to you some more uh, soon. Appreciate it. Have a thank good one. You, oh, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, is Rudy Giuliani on? Yep, we got Rudy. I'm here, John. Rudy, what the heck is going on? How can they uh, say that oh, we're going to put I, it off for a month, and now uh, they indict him two days later? I don't think they know what they're doing, John. I mean, this is a, a, a beyond everything else. He's turned the DA's office into a clown show. I mean, it's like that used to be a great DA's office. I worked with it all my life, you know, going back to Hogan and uh, and Morgenthau. And they had great people there. But this is this is I mean, I, I, this is not a case. This is a totally made up prosecution. And it's beyond the statute of limitations. It happened seven years ago. You know what I want to know, Rudy, too? I want to know who are the grand jurors, because they obviously had to vote to indict him. I mean, if they were yeah. listening to what we saw, I mean, that uh, I would have said uh, no true bill. I would have said no indictment. So when, when I was you know, this is Tony Carbonetti. Mayor, how are you? When, when I was younger, I had the great privilege of working for a former mayor who was a former prosecutor. You might know him. His name was Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a... Uh, um, People say he was a lot better than the mayors now, but that's not even a compliment. <laughs> we all say that. But he, he once said to me that he had a, a case that involved a, a former congressman and now U.S. senator that was being pushed on him, but he thought it was too political, and he didn't try it. It wasn't being pushed. The Eastern District of New York wanted to indict, and I killed it because I didn't think I didn't think it was a fair case. You thought I it was thought a political it was, case? It was a, well, it was a novel theory. Nobody had been prosecuted for that before. 
Uh, and that's what's happening here. Yeah, you don't, you don't, one thing you don't do with criminal cases is you don't surprise people. I mean, uh, if you, and if you're going to indict the president of the United States for the first time ever, you better have like a crime everybody agrees is a crime. Right. And a case with very good witnesses. He's got, his witnesses are a pathological liar that was basically thrown out of the U.S. Attorney's Office as not worthy of belief. They wouldn't make a single case with him. And he, they got a guy who ran a pornographic magazine. Now, I mean, how do they actually get this past the, when it reaches the first judge and there's a motion to dismiss? I think it go. I mean, I, I, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out Tony, how they get past the statute of limitations on the, on the state crime of, Filing a false business record, it's two years. That's run five years ago. Right, right, right but he's is, coupling it. Mr. This Mr. goes Mayor. back to 2016. Mr. Yeah, Mayor. and then they, then they attach it to a federal statute. And how they come up with how they have jurisdiction to indict under a federal statute is Judge Weinberg there? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm listening ahead, to you, Mr. Mayor. Number one, they don't have jurisdiction. Number two, you have separation of powers issues. It's a bad case. It's a novel theory. If I was still on Supreme Court, they moved to dismiss, I would throw it out. How's that? Yeah, I don't think you – I don't think I, – I don't care how biased the judge is. There are just too many reasons to throw it out that you wouldn't throw it out. I, I, I can't imagine why they brought this case. And if, in fact, these other two cases are better, which I actually doubt, by the way, I know those cases even better than this one. But, uh, well, Rudy, think, uh, we unfortunately have to wrap up. Rudy, we love you. We really appreciate you being here on this big breaking oh, news. Oh, Rudy, God thank you. Thank you, Rudy. Bye, Mayor. Thank you, guys. Wow. How astounding. This is an incredible day. President Trump indicted by a Manhattan grand jury. The first former American president to be indicted, John. Wow. Well, you know, I'd like to say we stand for truth, justice, and the American well, way. Somebody somebody's to trying to change somebody. I was going to say. John, somebody has to stand for truth, justice, justice and the American, American way. way. Thank God you. bless America.